I can't wait for that wonderfully desynchronized clap. <laughs> As always. Yeah. All right. We'll um, we'll go on on um, three. We don't actually need everyone to clap anyway, but uh, you know, clap on three, not after three, but on three. All right. One, two, three. Clap. Yeah. There we go. As always. Hello and welcome to The Last Standee, a board game podcast coming to you from five exciting countries all across Europe. This time we have a very special episode and I'm joined here today by Alessio. Hello. Audrey. Hey. David. Hey. I'm your host, Fen. But we are also joined today by two very special guests, guests who graciously agreed to talking with us for a while about the highly anticipated upcoming game, Sangakushin Five Sacrifices. So please go ahead and introduce yourselves to our listeners. Hi, everyone. I am Erika from Axis Mundi Games, and here with me there is also Francesco from <laughs> Axis Mundi Games. <laughs> okay, we are the both the designers and the owner of the Pier Maxis Mundi. And uh, what do you want to say more about uh, what we well, what, what, what we do uh, respectively in the games project? Uh, well, I am the owner of the company and the designer of the game, as well as the art director. Yes. And uh, maybe I, I take uh, a little more care of the um, game design part, uh, the merely mechanical part of the cards and effects. While you, uh... Uh, while I, I look forward to to write a lot of things regarding Sinkokushin. I'm uh, the main uh, uh, writer and uh, lore designer. I can say so. Yeah, lore designer. <laughs> Sounds bad. Okay. Of course, don't don't, uh, don't forget uh, the part of game design, which is on your shoulders too, as well. So, is this Sankokushin episode? Yes. It be. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> what, what kind of question is that? Of course it is. <laughs> I was just breaking at this. Uh, no, we had to say that we are the designer yeah. of Sankokushin, but uh, I didn't think about that. Yeah, we're going to talk about something else entirely instead, yeah? <laughs> As a tease. Uh, Twilight Imperium. I won't play Twilight mm. Imperium in my lifetime anymore. Why? Oh, because I'm a man in his 40s. I can't play a single game over a weekend anymore. That, I'm saying that for retirement. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, that's not what we're here to talk about. We're here to talk about Sankakushin, um, which, you know, I think we could all say Everyone here is very excited about and uh, has been anticipating it for a while. We've got a bunch of things to ask. And we're going to start off with, uh, well, Alessio, do you want to take us away? Yes, yes, of course. So, we don't know where the accent goes in the name of the game, Sanko Kushin. But the real question asked by the entire community is, what does Sanko Kushin mean? And for the more kanji accustomed, how is it written? <laughs> Uh, partially. Uh, this question uh, has been around uh, for a while and, and with good reason, <laughs> I, I must admit. I, I remember that you, Alessio, wrote something uh, very um, accurate uh, in, on BoardGameGeek uh, 
discussion about uh, um, the, uh, the game's name. Uh, so you certainly know that in Japanese language, uh, two words may sound the same, but different writing may reveal different meanings. So uh, the way or ways uh, Sankokushin uh, may be written is part of the game's plot, uh, and for this reason we prefer to stay silent here. Uh, the only thing we, we, we can say is that the, the Sankokushin are actually a thing in the game's lore. They are three epic poems. So I can go with Cruel Divinity until it's proven, right? <laughs> <laughs> I remember um, your theory was uh, started from uh, the Zankoku in uh, uh, Evangelion's opening um, right? And Shin from 80s Kenshiro. Yeah, Shin, we can, uh, we can uh, say that Shin is uh, the kanji of, uh, for Kami, so God. Yeah, I have a question. Uh, I've seen you be active a lot on Facebook because that's the platform where I get most of my information. And in the Sankokushin group, I see that you often publish the newsletters and you talk a lot, uh, you engage in the comments and talk a lot with people. And I wanted to know that uh, if you plan to keep that kind of community engagement during the Kickstarter with maybe uh, social stress goals or community involvement to help you, for instance, decide between a pose A and pose B for a miniature or decide between card A and card B at some point, these kind of things or, or not? Of course, yes, we are planning to do something like that. Uh, we are not uh, new on Kickstarter as we previously did uh, other campaigns uh, and uh, we really like when people uh, join us uh, and uh, create engagement. So. Perfectly, we are planning to do something like that uh, for Sankyokushin as well. Uh, about the miniatures, we are not uh, uh, thinking about that because uh, uh, when it comes to work uh, on a miniature and uh, deciding a pose, uh, it's uh, really difficult to find the perfect balance. So we, that's something we prefer to do on our, ourselves. But uh, regarding... Uh, some branches of the stories uh, or uh, some something related to cards or uh, effect no some effects some yeah. effects yes we are definitely trying to to engage people we have a lot of ideas uh, to put uh, on senko kushin but uh, probably the core game can't uh, really have all these ideas inside so maybe we will um, go to our public and say we have these things uh, which uh, one you prefer most, uh, and maybe the other one won't be discarded at all. Uh, but maybe we we should uh, do something in uh, in the future with some expansion or something like that. If I can, if I can pick word uh, here um, about the choice of miniature design, it is an interesting topic because uh, allows us to uh, speak a little more about uh, how we work on models. Uh, you uh, probably know that already. We are very uh, strict and we put a lot of attention on uh, even just uh, which render to show uh, publicly. We want, uh, during the um, Kickstarter campaign, to be able to show uh, the actual renders that we will be produced, or at least uh, what uh, um, gets closer uh, to reality as much as we can. 
So um, studying a miniature engine, it, especially when it comes to HIPS uh, technology, it has uh, very, very specific requirements that uh, cannot be left to uh, the free choice uh, of someone who uh, doesn't who isn't inside the engineering part of uh, of the miniatures. So from that side of things, uh, we will probably not uh, make uh, social goals or choices that uh, regard uh, that concern, pardon, uh, that concern uh, miniatures. Uh, they will be more focused on other elements uh, of the game, uh, such as uh, an idea for a card or a social bond. For an or, artwork as or well. For an artwork uh, that can be used uh, in the game or not, that uh, we can uh, make uh, the bakers to, uh, to choose. So we can expect a stretch goal plan like So Long My World. Yes. Oh, you are a baker of uh, So Long My World? Yeah, uh, actually I backed it, then switched to dollar one pledge, then back it again, then got a friend buy it from me. I'm actually a big fan of your stories. Oh! <laughs> Wonderful, man. Very honored. Okay, we talked about the Kickstarter, now let's talk about this distant future where the game is now our hands and we are joyously playing it. Uh, this not being our first ride with boss battle games, we know that they need to stay fresh to be at their best. Uh, so, uh, what do you plan to do to release content after the KS is completed? Uh, sell expansion directly through a webshot, uh, possibly another KS, or uh, something else entirely? Well, since uh, Sen Kokushin is a plan to be a hobby game, uh, our idea is to proceed with regular online expansions at the moment. But it doesn't mean that we cannot consider more Kickstarters in the future. It all depends on how the Kickstarter goes in the near future and how many people want to play the game after the Kickstarter is completed and fulfilled. But at the moment, we are planning to do the big Kickstarter and we are planning to do some expansions at the moment. Okay. So let's wrap up this as uh, uh, we definitely plan to keep uh, releasing content. We'll see what and how we can do that after Kickstarter is completed. Yes. You, you have no idea how happy it makes me to hear you describe it as being like the aim of a hobby game. Which, <laughs> like, I really like. Respect the soul. You are, after all, uh, very passionate of, uh, of the most famous hobby game at the moment. So we are... Uh, we thought uh, that uh, it could please you and many others, of course, uh, we hope. Yes, yes. I, I've got several of your models around me right now, and they are some of the the, the most beautiful sculpts I've, I've ever had on my painting desk. Although it's a brand new painting desk, so, you know, take that from what you will, but uh, I, um, I love them to pieces. Thank you so much. Uh, Enrica doesn't know that, but uh, can just show me uh, a shot of uh, Biako that uh, really? is painting, uh, and uh, she didn't see it yet. Uh, allow me to find the photo. What do you think, Enrica, of uh, fans' work? Beautiful. Uh, yes. The, uh, all your jobs. Yes. <laughs> Can't wait to see it. <laughs> This is very early. I, like this is before I start doing glazing, and I've got a tiger texture and everything. It's um, it's quite a challenge to paint. I've had to um, pull him back apart into a bunch of little pieces to to paint. 
um, because of the way I, I paint. Um, and then I'll be gluing him back together when he's done. But I, I just, this is, this is without a doubt the best like cat model I've ever painted, like feline model. And I've painted quite a few. So looks like we are moving forward for towards the miniatures hobby questions. And Fan showed like quite a few amazing um, pictures of the mini C got sent. And uh, who are the sculptures of the Sankakushin minis? Oh yes, um, this fan actually this is, this is a more fun question than how it looks because uh, many of the first models uh, were sculpted. Uh, they are now under an upgrade process. Some have been uh, already scrapped. To be, to be honest, um, an example of this uh, is uh, Nene, one of the first heroes. Maybe most of them uh, know what I'm speaking about. Uh, we had this uh, model for one of the four stamping heroes, and we recently revealed uh, that they completely re-sculpted uh, her. So, because uh, the first model didn't uh, satisfy us anymore. We are very, <laughs> very finicky uh, when it comes to uh, our variation uh, and we prefer to invest more in harming the, uh, the overall quality, the artistic part of the, of the game. Uh, that is happening with, uh, with uh, some of the other models as, as well. Another of the starting heroes, Tenzin, for example, um, we are sculpting the smoke coming from his boots. So maybe you noticed the one post uh, we made um, on Facebook some some days ago uh, that were addressing this uh, specific point. All of this <laughs> to say that the sculptors uh, actually changed during the development. And at the moment, our main collaborator is uh, Dmitry Zamulin is a very good friend uh, and a real artist. Uh, we highly suggest to visit his art station. It's uh, particularly easy to work with him as our taste is uh, the same. So he's uh, taking care of uh, most of the models and uh, helping us uh, fixing uh, the old models for the each. IPS uh, manufacturing. Um, it's curious because uh, um, some of the first, very first models were thought uh, as a, a PDC, for a PDC uh, manufacturing. But uh, very early in the development process, uh, we uh, opted uh, for each IPS. Uh, so we had to make some modification and uh, we are currently working on uh, some of them uh, thanks to our uh, sculptor. Dimitri. And of course, we, we, we shouldn't forget uh, CA's cups, uh, which you know for sure because uh, he did uh, all the models belonging to Death Goddess is an Ami Kickstarter. Yeah, CA's cult is a rising star in the uh, world of large scale miniatures, 75 millimeters and busts. You were a baker of the campaign, right? Yes. But you, you didn't take uh, Izanami. You take. Uh... No, I, I had to make budget choices and I prefer to um, support uh, males that are not barbarian and are still their chest. Totally agree. Yes. <laughs> yeah. 
you talked about HIPS, um, uh, so which uh, means uh, high impact uh, polystyrene, which is the type of plastic that you will be using for Sankokushin, uh, which uh, I, I remember seeing on Facebook a year ago or so some posts where you said you weren't sure yet uh, which plastic would be used for the miniatures. And are you able to explain uh, what uh, process led to the decision of using HIPS for the miniatures, please? Yes, uh, well, actually, this is uh, quite simpler, you know. Uh, when we decided to do the miniatures uh, and we decided to work with Dimitri, he showed us uh, a lot of beautiful models with a lot of details. Uh, and we were afraid that uh, those details could be lost uh, during the PVC process. So we already had in mind uh, the idea to go with uh, with eight APS. Um, but of course, there were a lot of uh, thinking about that because uh, uh, it's uh, expensive, you know. And uh, also, it's uh, the engineering part is a bit difficult uh, than the mm, the PVC. But then we decided to go for a better quality overall. Uh, and since we love miniatures, uh, and so we decided, okay, we need to make a campaign. And we want to make it big, so let's go with uh, with. Uh, HIPS, uh, and that's uh, the real deal behind uh, the thing. Yeah, go big or go nothing, they say. <laughs> so, yes. Um, also, something uh, that might increase the price maybe of the game, but uh, which some people uh, talk about and are very interested in. We made uh, a few mentions about it in one of our previous episodes, which are inserts organizers. Do you have any plans to have uh, already an insert that is uh, functional already just when you get the box or do you plan to have some partnership with the third party designers or to leave that to uh, an organizer that is good for shipping the miniatures and that miniatures and cards of course are something different. Okay, so that's, uh, this is a very important topic uh, but we can uh, say something uh, here even if uh, <laughs> Even if in general we prefer to stay silent on uh, certain topics, especially when it comes to uh, production and uh, things like that, uh, we prefer to release only official um, releases for the petition. In this case, uh, we can just say to you that for sure miniatures will come unassembled. So don't expect uh, an, an organizer that uh, already contains the assembled miniatures. Uh, this may be obvious for you all, of course, but uh, maybe someone that uh, listened to us uh, has still the doubt uh, assembled or unassembled. Uh, so, not assembled HIPS. And uh, about uh, producing an organizer, we are studying the situation. Uh, probably we uh, would prefer to uh, collaborate with a third party um, from those. Organizers are a very personal thing for many uh, collectors, hobbyists. So as a general Kickstarter policy also, we prefer to keep things uh, simple and uh, straightforward. We learned in our past experience to uh, uh, keep everything regarding production uh, as um, more straightforward we can, so it can be produced and delivered without uh, many delays and problems. This is our probably best skill when coming to Kickstarter. Uh, if you look at our history, uh, all our productions, uh, 
uh, went smooth and with uh, zero problems from the bakers and from the production as well. Uh, so since we don't want to um, split too much resources and time for something very specific and very complicated like uh, an organizer is, we probably uh, prefer to uh, uh, go with a third party designer for that. But we will um, announce our dec decision about uh, organizers only officially in the future, in the very closer to the launch of the campaign. Okay. As you mentioned as well, the game will be delivered with miniatures which are in unassembled. And for the board game crowd, generally people are used to get board games uh, which are with PVC miniatures and which arrive already assembled from the factory. So to some uh, board game people, and not hobby people, this might be uh, maybe not a surprise if you mention it enough. And I, I think that knowing uh, how you communicate, this will be done. Uh, but how do you plan to uh, accompany them into the hobby part of the, of the Sankokushin, which is at least assembling the miniatures because you don't have to paint them, but you have to at least assemble them to paint? Yes, we are going to release uh, some assembling guide uh, with the produce uh, product, uh, both uh, in digital and maybe in a printed uh, version of um, of it. Uh, we already did that uh, with uh, the Death Goddess. It's an army. So people were uh, asking uh, some uh, some aid because uh, most of them were into the hobby, and so they were were aware of uh, how to build a miniature, but some of them uh, simply decided to join the campaign because they were interested in Senkokushin and it was the first time they decided to buy um, a resin uh, miniature they didn't know how to do. And so we decided to do an assembling guide. We are going uh, with this uh, plan for uh, Senkokushin as well. And uh, regarding the painting uh, side of it, uh, I don't really think uh, people need uh, a guide to paint uh, the miniatures because uh, I'd like them to release their creativity and uh, paint them uh, how they want to do. Yeah, this is, uh, you're right, this is a very important thing that happened when um, we uh, sent some katsu uh, raising uh, samples uh, uh, to some of our um, collaborators. Uh, Fen should have one as well, if I if I'm not wrong. I do. She's right behind me. <laughs> in that in that case, um, some of them uh, asked for a, uh, the very precise uh, color scheme of uh, uh, Katsu, uh, which in we didn't release already uh, her official art. So they correctly wanted to know the color scheme, but uh, we always say that well. You can try the colors you you want. We like to see uh, different ideas, different uh, way to think of uh, the models we uh, we are making. So yes, we will of course release um, the official uh, color palette that uh, every painter can use. But uh, we like to to, to think that uh, everyone can be can be free choosing their colors and uh, and style. Yeah, I think that again goes goes back to the fact that you are building a hobby game, and so the hobby and artistic part of a hobby has to be there. Yes, 
of course. Uh, since we are still in the miniature section of the questions, do you have plans to do other display miniatures like Izanami, Izanagi and all their family? Oh yes, of course. Uh, we have uh, already in mind uh, something, but uh, we can share it right now. But of course, yes, we have a lot of design that we want to, uh, to bring on Kickstarter with uh, a display miniature set. We already talked to Charles about that, of course, so expect <laughs> another partnership in the near future. And yes, so definitely, yes. I look forward to seeing that. Okay, there will be bales as well, don't worry. Woo! Boys! Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm pretty excited as well. I, I can say I've got one of the um, books for Izanami for the assembly, and the assembly guide is like really good very clear everything sort of color coded so you know what's being added to each different picture and everything it's one of the one of the best like guides i've seen and it's entirely language independent which is uh, fantastic uh i will say by Aku though one of the more challenging models i've ever assembled like honestly beautiful um but uh yeah not for the faint of heart it wasn't difficult it was just slow yeah, Endless Rain, I thought was going to be really, um, really difficult. Um, and actually, she came together superbly. Like, everything made sense where it went. And even her, I guess it's a trident, um, it looks completely straight, which is, like, impressive. Because usually when you put a pole weapon together um, in that's in two separate pieces, the, it ends up being slightly wonky. Um, but the guidelines just clipped it in perfectly, which... Uh, it made me very happy when it just kind of fitted in and a little bit fiddly. And I was like, oh, well, there we go. It's straight. I'm happy to hear that as well. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we're very happy of Endless uh, Rain um, miniature. is probably my favorite, uh, to be to be honest. And about uh, the, the difficulty of uh, building her, I still had more difficult uh, difficulties with uh, Izanami. Yeah, I... I am uh, certainly worse than fan uh, when it comes to build miniatures, <laughs> but Izanami uh, was a very hard task for for me. Yeah, um, it it made sense for me with how everything fit together. So um, she's currently on my window ledge behind me, uh, as I she's like a long term project I'm gradually painting. Uh, but um, I, I like just the sheer amount of details and characters on the on the model, which brings me to uh, to my first question, um, which is I not only do I love the miniatures, I really love the illustrations. Um, and I was wondering who uh, the inspiration behind the style was or the artists who inspired the style, which is quite distinct already um, and very beautiful. So I'd love to know more. Yes, uh, we we have to split the, the argument in uh, more pieces as we have uh, an environmental art and uh, the character art, uh, which are quite different. For what that concerns the environmental art, uh, we decided to go for a mix of Yukioe, who is a, a, that is a genre of a medieval traditional art, and the modern style together. We also find uh, a really, really, really good artist with uh, Voyager illustration. Christian, if you're hearing us, hi. And uh, he's doing uh, an amazing work uh, on that because he has uh, a strong personality when it comes to creativity. 
and um, he is perfectly in sync with uh, our ideas. Regarding the items, uh, I can't talk about a lot about that because uh, you really you know well really well the artist who is Rolinda Tomko. She was uh, the artist uh, of uh, the items of Kingdom Death Monsters. She is a uh, pretty yeah. <laughs> DBK artist, yeah. Well, Lorinda is uh, um, a long acquaintance of ours because uh, she already worked with us uh, with So Long My World. That, that was actually the, the, the way I know about I knew about the Kickstarter because I I checked the, the their pages of Lorinda and she made an illustration which was not for Kingdom Death Monster but for So Long My World. So I checked the Kickstarter from there. Ah. Ah. Big fan of Lorinda Tonko, yeah. And so we decided to go on and work with her, and uh, she's great uh, with uh, drawing the items. And not only that, uh, to be honest, uh, she also designed uh, a couple of uh, works that you already saw on the the tree, uh, the tree and uh, uh, the twins. Yes, uh, the twins artwork and the artwork of the man uh, um, affected by the disease. Oh, on the first yeah. update. Yes. On the uh, New Year update. Yeah, yes. uh, uh, that's great to know. Actually, uh, I think a love of uh, Lorinda's heart is that, uh, I don't know how to put this to word, but I'll try. She knows exactly uh, what should happen. Uh, she knows the, the orga organicity of the of what she's painting, because it's not... Uh, uh, Every, every piece of art from her is actually complete. Uh, you don't, uh, uh, for example, when you design resources for monsters or stuff, everything fits into its place. It's completely organic and working and it's a subsystem, it's an entire ecosystem in a, in a painting, in a picture. So that, that's really lovely art. Yes, I totally agree with you regarding that. And about the character design, which is uh, the, the last part of uh, the inspiration for our artistic style, well, this is kind of difficult to ask because, to answer because uh, uh, we grew up with a lot of anime, a lot of manga and a lot of video games, so we don't have a specific uh, inspiration uh, for that. We simply saw a lot of things, uh, we decided to take what we like the most uh, and we try to reproduce uh, and... Uh, recreate um, them uh, in a the same feeling in a, do, exactly. do you do you mean there's not not even the tiny bit of xenogears in it uh, in this case erika uh, we like to introduce uh, the specificity uh, with uh, some uh, generic words uh, but uh, it was about to give the time to say a couple of names <laughs> oh well uh, uh, your main inspirations uh, yeah, spinal fantasy of course, yeah, of course. Uh, and, uh, there is uh, another game, video game, uh, which uh, really impacted me a lot, uh, with Tenchu. I don't know if uh, any one of you knows it. Uh, then uh, there is Red Ninja, another game which is uh, uh, pretty, rare. pretty rare. And uh, also Kuon, which is uh, an uh, extremely rare game for PlayStation 2 back in the day. And... Well, in my case, uh, someone, it is fun because uh, one of our followers uh, on uh, Facebook is a great uh, fan, uh, like me, of uh, the Guilty Gear and the Blaze Blue series. 
and uh, he's uh, very able to uh, very skilled in uh, finding out uh, all the references uh, that I like to uh, insert in some cards, uh, some quotes uh, uh, from uh, these two games. So I, I can say my main uh, inspiration for my part of uh, art direction is uh, certainly art system uh, video games uh, like uh, Guilty Gear and uh, Blaze Blue. Uh, yeah, I, I was. I I was a King of Fighters slash Street Fighter type, so I won't catch the Guilty Gear reference. So you won't know when there's a small girl wielding a giant anchor. You'll be like, what's that? <laughs> <laughs> All games I don't know, but it's fine. Yeah, I keep sleeping. <laughs> uh, right, well, um, Speaking of which, uh, slightly related, I was quite interested in knowing um, like what the main themes running through the game's design and story are. I, I like it very much when a game has some coherent uh, running themes or recurring uh, minor themes, whether it's on an incidental uh, short scale with like a set of encounters or just running through the whole thing. So I was wondering if there were some of those and if there are, if there's any you can talk about. Well, uh, this is uh, my favorite questions, uh, our favorite question, question um, to be frank, because uh, um, we love to uh, tell stories, we love to speak of uh, what we, we love, uh, what we studied, what we... Um, so uh, the themes, the recurring themes of Sankokushin uh, were one uh, of the, bigger, the biggest parts uh, uh, in the development of the, of the project. I really want to, um, to repeat this, uh, to be very clear on this. Uh, Sankokushin is a game, a hobby project, and a way to tell, uh, tell a story, mm, a way to speak of certain themes that uh, uh, are very dear to us and part of our mm, background in our studies. <laughs> so, needless to say, the main theme is the sacrifice in its historical and philosophical meaning. Uh, someone may have noticed that uh, under each update, under each uh, big update, we uh, put some partial bibliography, uh, some, so, uh, some references, uh, to the books, uh, the uh, essays uh, um, that uh, inspired our our work when it uh, came to uh, tell the story, to create the um, the environment. So uh, this, uh, there is a uh, an Italian writer um, that is uh, his name is uh, Roberto Calasso. is uh, very very famous in Santa in situations and uh, his uh, teachings, uh, his essays about uh, the history of sacrifice and uh, the links of uh, the sacrifice philosophy with the hunt philosophy uh, all spread across the humanity uh, was a very strong inspiration uh, for this uh, for the main topic. Uh, after that, well, uh, the other current themes uh, on the hunt, as I just said, and um, astronomy. The movement of uh, planets and stars are very important in uh, even just in the in a gameplay part of the uh, Sankokushin, which is the calendar, the calendar, calendar. Uh, 
that is uh, a, a very important uh, uh, part of the gameplay since uh, you may know the time is uh, limited and you have to uh, uh, carefully spend the time uh, you have. And the time is tracked uh, with uh, a calendar that uh, refers to the many uh, astronomical events like the uh, solstices, equinox, and all of them have uh, uh, an impact in the um, in the story and in the gameplay. And then after after these, uh, every single character, in any case, uh, every social bond, every boss has their own personal themes uh, to be to be treated. You uh, can expect uh, Endless Rain to uh, explore the theme of uh, human bonds. Uh, um, and uh, I, I don't want to spoil it too much, so better to stop here. But every boss has uh, their own uh, uh, personal themes uh, to be explored, and uh, they all um, refer to philosophy and uh, uh, psychology, which you know uh, are very uh, dear to us. Yeah, fantastic. That's um, that's pretty much what I hope to hear, and. Uh... That does make me very excited. It's going to be fun to delve into not just like the physical aspects of, of what these bosses are like, but also their psychology, their um, thoughts and feelings and things. It's, uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, right. Well, um, so this one I is this is my uh, insert kind of like, uh, well, I just wanted to put this in here, which is um, when I, I grew up on... Uh, Journey to the West. Um, I absolutely love it to pieces, um, and uh, I particularly like. I, I was a young child, read the stuff, but then I got back into it when Anthony C.U. released his uh, like revised edition of the Journey to the West, and I just wanted to know, given that there is um, a crossover between Chinese and Japanese pantheons. Whether some Wukong, also known as Son Goku, um, and maybe some of his traveling companions might one day appear in Sankakushin. Because, I mean, Son Wukong is like, he's my number one all-time favorite character in anything ever. Well, at the moment, we didn't plan for something like that. But don't be sad, because with this question, I actually had an idea for... Uh, um, for our career, for our related event. So maybe you'll find something in the core game. Anyway, we, we are always trying to think about uh, folklore and uh, related things, uh, not only related to Japanese folklore, but also Chinese and Indian uh, culture. So we will surely add something in the future. If not in the core game, uh, we are uh, looking for expansion and then we are definitely making uh, other things um, for that. that that's really all i needed to hear that has me uh, tremendously excited uh, if i didn't have to stay here at this desk and talk you to some more i'd go for a little like jog about now uh, <laughs> <laughs> um so getting back to something which we've actually seen um could you tell us more about the moth what the inspiration behind it is and also <laughs> how did you feel about how much of a meme favorite this became so quickly with people well, actually, I'm pretty happy about the, the fact that the moth became a, a meme in just a, a little time. Oh, actually, fan, fan asks me to say to tell you that it says meme in English. I did not ask that. I just liked correcting you about it. Yeah, f you. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, the idea we had behind the moth was um, was because uh, I read uh, time ago that the moths were considered to be witches' uh, souls, uh, which uh, were trying to find new bodies to live with. And so when we decided to work on new bosses, uh, I thought that the idea was nice, uh, even though I recreated her in a different way. So don't expect a witch for this. You will see soon enough, but now I can't talk uh, too much because I can't uh, do spoilers. But then uh, that's why we decided to go with uh, the moth. Uh, and uh, actually, I really like uh, moth uh, themselves. Uh, and. Uh, I was eager to put an insect-like uh, boss uh, in the game. <laughs> Sorry, I, I I I just wanted to say like that I love insects as well. I I um I, I did an internship at like a museum in the entomology department, and this moth illustration just makes me really happy every time I look at it. <laughs> I'm very looking forward to see how we really paint. Uh... So yes, I, I, it's very important to say don't expect uh, witches, don't expect, uh, we didn't spoil anything, so it's, it's very important, uh, I don't want anyone to, to think that the reason because uh, we thought of moths uh, has anything to do with the uh, in-game story of this specific moth. Okay, so you ready to talk about the rest of the world building? <laughs> <laughs> okay. I, I have a next question, I have a next question. So, uh, I, I feel like that uh, every every chapter uh, in the game, uh, as it's presented to us, is actually not entirely good or bad. Uh, it's actually very characterized because there are uh, good people who did bad things and there are bad, bad guys, which are actually not that bad, uh, uh, and, and when you get to inspect their motivations. So uh, this will be just a nice characterization or we will use this in gameplay actively? Well, this is uh, another wonderful question because uh, directly aims uh, to uh, one of the most important aspects uh, of uh, Sankokushin. So Sankokushin, yes, it, it's all about not sticking to a binary good and evil axis. Uh, so don't you should not expect uh, demon kings uh, that want to destroy the world uh, for the sake of it uh, and uh, do not expect uh, lawful good uh, paladins uh, that fight for everything uh, that is right to uh, All our characters uh, are torn between uh, right and wrong uh, so that they are human even those who aren't human, but it's, uh, it's just a metaphor. Uh, they're human, uh, fallible, and uh, sometimes uh, the despicable. Uh, while the bad guys uh, have uh, may have uh, reasons to be bad, uh, you will choose if uh, help them, uh, forgive them, or punish them. Uh, that's uh, all on the player's uh, shoulders. So. If uh, a specific boss uh, has done uh, something that is particularly unacceptable for that uh, player or players, uh, that playing group, uh, they may decide to uh, just uh, kill that boss or punish that boss in, uh, in the way the game uh, allows you to, to do. 
so I can uh, basically I, I can decide to kill someone off or spite or I can decide to become friends with an enemy because uh, just I feel like so yeah exactly uh, well I, I'd uh, reward a little what you say it's not uh, to become a friend with with any enemy it's not so easy uh, their personality is strong and uh, some of the the bosses uh, cannot uh, be, can become friends, but friends is a very strong word. They may become allies or just decide to ignore you or leave the place. Or it depends, of course, on the specific boss personality. Uh, there is uh, a boss that uh, I can think uh, a couple bosses right now. I won't uh, say which ones, of course that can actually become allies and uh, be playable during uh, encounters. Whoa. Or in other case, uh, the specific uh, relationship you will develop with that boss uh, will lead to different, uh, different endings. Uh, the boss may uh, leave uh, Yamashiro or can uh, just uh, stop being an ass. Uh, so it depends. <laughs> it depends on their, on their personality and how you will treat them. There will be, there will come a moment in which you can decide if to kill or not a specific boss or bosses, and uh, this will change things, of course. But uh, not only, even just the way you fight with them changes uh, subtly their personalities. So this is great. Actually, this could be a big step up on emergent narrative. Yeah, of course we we think that uh, that's one of the main uh, points of the game. In fact, to come back to your question, yes. Their ambivalence uh, has repercussions on the gameplay. Um, they can change depending on your action, as we said um, uh, a few ago. And I guess the campaign will change entirely. Of course, yes. In some cases, entirely. In some cases, uh, just a part of the campaign uh, uh, will become different. It, it, it of course depends uh, on each case. Okay, great. Now we are moving on a bit to the design and de development questions and like hearing about those like uh, different directions uh, the relationship with your with the um, antagonists can go what were the biggest challenges when designing Sankokushin so far how did you overcome them well uh, the main uh, challenge was uh, to keep uh, the game simple have uh, a simple system with everything we have a social bonds, we have bosses, interlacement, and we wanted to make it meaningful, but to keep them simple. When we first started to work on the game, our first interaction with the characters were a lot complicated. We had a lot of things to happen and a lot of, thing, and a lot of things that could be different. So there were a lot of different possibilities. But then we realized that the players might even forget some pieces of what they did in the previous playthrough. So we decided that maybe we should go a bit simpler. And we managed to make them still deep, but increasingly easy to track without sacrificing the personality of the characters. Since when we decided to do this game, we wanted to make living characters uh, and uh, we wanted them to flesh out. Uh, every character is, is different one from another and everyone has a strong personality, not just the bosses, but also the social bonds. 
So we had to do them to shine uh, when uh, doing social uh, social, boss, uh, social bonds. Oh, that, that, that's great. So uh, actually, I, I um, in the next question, what is the single thing which excites you the most about your game? Well, definitely this it's this one, the social bond system, uh, and the psychology is that that is behind them. We work at our best to create a. a these living characters um, and their stories and actually participation within the story. So uh, it's not a matter of the main characters playable and the bosses. It's also about the NPC that lives uh, in Yamashiro, which comes to Yamashiro and can also leave uh, Yamashiro because uh, whenever you start a social bond with someone, your decision made may your decision and also what you do with bosses and during events may lead them to leave Yamashiro and in that way that social bond is done forever you can't go on you can't recall the the, the people to come back to Yamashiro once they le- they left the land they left for good yeah that sounds like a playtesting nightmare <laughs> <laughs> That's the point of the, the previous question. Yes, the, the, the main problem at the beginning was uh, exactly this one. Uh, we thought uh, a lot of possibilities, a lot, a lot of branching stories. Uh, we had to uh, streamline everything and uh, to make everything more uh, meaningful. The, the main problem, as Enrico said, is that uh, if uh, a single story of a character is uh, so much complicated and can lead to so many different possibilities, there it's uh, possible that uh, a gaming group that uh, stopped playing for one month, for instance, could not perfectly remember everything that happened to a single character, considering there are many NPCs. So uh, the biggest challenge was to keeping all these uh, psychological and uh, narrative depth, but uh, making it uh, simpler. This uh, took, uh, I, I don't exaggerate, I think, uh, the first year of the development. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I can actually see that. Yeah, of course. And uh, let, let's pick up uh, the, the branching storylines path again. Uh, so we can expect multiple endings or uh, open endings or shall we go for a single ending with a single final boss fight uh, uh, in the game or in the campaign? Well, uh, allow me to be a little poetic answering this. Uh... Please, please be polite. <laughs> like, no, no, I mean, like uh, the life of uh, all mankind uh, according to Eastern philosophy and, and also Western psychoanalysis, I, I must say. Yamashiro is trapped in a destiny of repetition of the same mistakes. So you will see many different endings, uh, but in uh, different uh, time loops. And uh, here we introduce another theme uh, that is important. Maybe you already know that, but uh, there is uh, a sort of time uh, loop, time travel mechanic in uh, Sankokushin. And this uh, leads to answer your question. Why repeating endlessly the same uh, terrible destiny of the city? You can uh, explore different timelines and different endings, of course. Different endings, different final bosses, uh, or just different uh, 
game overs if game over has not a particular sense in uh, Sankofushin as uh, uh, some every time uh, a campaign ends uh, in a way or another something is brought to the next loop so uh, speaking of game over um, it's not very appropriate you're speaking of time loops and the fact that you mentioned previously that the game is in a limited time i have a big uh, zelda majora's masks uh, flashback oh perfect <laughs> we speak the same language it seems <laughs> Um, to finish answering to the different endings, uh, yes, there is a true ending also. Yes. To discover uh, which one, you have to do uh, certain things. So expect uh, a super secret final boss uh, somewhere. Ooh, we'll go for oh, the true ending cool. then. Secret! <laughs> we have an objective in life now. So, um, what would you say it's the aspect that makes Sanko Cushion stand out compared to other boss battler games? Let's say Townfolk Tuzzle or Ant Trespass or Kingdom Death. Like, what's the one thing that uh, makes Sanko Cushion different from those? Okay, this uh, was a question that we actually thought uh, to ask you to be removed because uh, we don't like a lot to uh, do anything that could look like a comparative marketing. Uh, um, it's, it's not our personality to say, hey, buy our game because it's better than others. Okay. It's not exactly our... No, no, it, it's a pleasure to, to answer, but uh, I, I, we also like to, to say this. Uh, we think the rising tide brings all the boat, uh, the boats above. So we, we love to think uh, there is no need of uh, uh, a strict competition and uh, it, it's just not our personality, but uh, the question has a, has a sense, of course. So we decided uh, it was a, a good idea to answer. Uh, we think that uh, the main difference between the other boss battles is, the, uh, is how our narrative and gameplay are focused, focused on uh, psychology. Uh, trying to understand uh, a foe's personality is an actual part of the gameplay. Uh, here we make an example that we didn't reveal before in any, in any other meme. You have to understand a foe's personality and it is an actual part of the gameplay because you can actively foresee the possible effects, for instance, of the next uh, uh, artificial intelligence card as uh, uh, every card has uh, on its back uh, one of the psychological traits icon that obviously lead to different effects according to that boss personality and each boss personality is different the psychological part uh, is not just flavor and narrative the way how much you mm, understand you get closer to a boss uh, soul a boss personality uh, will actively help you in uh, when it comes to fight them for instance or to make the right choices to get what you need uh, in the uh, more narrative part of the game so you know your boss <laughs> yeah <laughs> that sounds fantastic thank you i i i really want to say that it's not uh, just a trial and error it's not only that it's not uh, just that kind of philosophy. If you, let's, uh, let's make a, an example. 
The Skull Samurai, one of the most uh, beloved bosses so far. We, we spoke not so much about him, but uh, we see uh, many followers uh, really like uh, him. So the Skull Samurai boss, uh, if you try to intimidate uh, uh, such an individual that uh, is clearly stronger than you and by far, you have to expect something different than if you try to intimidate a wild tiger uh, that is hiding um, from mankind like Biako. So it's very, it's very meaningful, the um, weight of the psychological part. Yeah, uh, BGG boards will probably be full of failure stories, which will be epic to read. <laughs> and most will be mine, probably. Yeah, mine won't be on BGG. <laughs> okay, so going on. Uh, about this game of knowing your boss and playing and crafting... Oh, Audrey, are you okay? <laughs> okay, uh, so about this game, how is the game balance actually? Is it a tight balance? Like, uh, for example, uh, everything is, uh, is uh, equally viable, there's no intrinsically bad choices? Or is it a loose balance, like there are strictly better options uh, than others? Well, um, our purpose here is uh, to keep it everything uh, tight, of course. But uh, uh, here it comes another of our game design inspiration, which is uh, uh, Shozo Kaga from Fire Emblem series. Um, if uh, someone uh, has tried any Fire Emblem game, they know they are perfect. They, <laughs> they know that um, there always are some characters uh, coming uh, to the main group uh, that are very underpowered compared to your current uh, uh, party. Let's call party the, the group of characters in Fagano, which is more an army than a party. So um, you may have a new character that is very weak compared to the others. But if you take uh, uh, the effort of bringing that character with you and uh, training that character and using that character, you will be greatly rewarded in the future. So that's our idea. There may, there are things that may look intrinsically worse than other, but there is always a reward at the end of the path. Okay, so this is basically to say there is an easy way to do stuff, but if you go the hard route, you could end up with something viable and powerful. Yeah, exactly. We are going to switch to the questions which are a bit more centered about uh, gameplay. And I'm going to open that session with uh, the question about... Um, if there will be some kind of quick story mode which will be basically enough to play in an afternoon with a quick campaign that you could use as an introduction or a demo, for instance, if you have friends that want to know the game but don't want to commit right away for a big campaign. So will there be something like that or won't there be? Yes, we are working on that. We'll prepare some episodes uh, that will be enjoyable. For, the, for those who don't want to do a full campaign or have just an afternoon to play, just as you said. So, yes, of course. And also, 
we are working in the way that uh, if uh, I don't know you're work you're playing the game uh, just once uh, and then after a month uh, you want to play the whole campaign if you remember to register what you did uh, in the previous uh, uh, time you may be able to bring what you did in your full campaign. If you don't want, you can start the full campaign without thinking about what you did in the past. But of course, we are trying to do something that leads the people to play both the full campaign and the single shot of the episode. I think that's something that's very interesting because when we have friends that just want to try it out, that's a great way to have something ready to play. We can we can make an, an example in uh, some um, things we revealed uh, in the past. Uh, um, it appeared the world's uh, invisible scen scenario. So uh, the invisible scenarios are these uh, little episodes that can be unlocked in uh, in the main campaign and can be played um, outside of the main campaign, but still have some. Uh, um, influence on the main campaign. So you can play uh, the single uh, episodes you unlocked in your main campaign with your friends that uh, just want to try the game and you still will do something for your main campaign. Okay, that's great. Okay, so uh, now uh, a, di a direct and quick question. Uh, given that this campaign branches in significant ways, and that uh, you stated uh, in a couple updates uh, that it's impossible to cover most of the story in one playthrough. How much of the entire script we will, will be able to experience in one go? Well, uh, uh, more than script, uh, I would talk about possible social bonds uh, or bosses, which are the core of the game. I believe that uh, uh, 60% of it for a uh, uh, one go campaign. Yeah, I'd say 60-70% can be, can be seen. Considering mutually exclusive uh, uh, bosses, uh, social bonds, uh, or story branches, um, I think you're you are right. Oh, that, that, that's, that's pretty cool. I, I was actually I was actually fearing for the 20% or something. <laughs> <laughs> Like, like play 40 campaigns before you know the entire story. No, 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 no way. <laughs> our, okay. Our um, is to uh, make you get the true ending uh, uh, even in your second and third campaign if you play very well. Um, yes. Th this is our, our goal for the moment, but uh, uh, we are still uh, tuning this part. We are... We want the game to be difficult. We want the campaigns to be uh, not too long, uh, to not take too much time. Uh, so we uh, we want uh, a player not to be uh, forced to uh, do uh, exactly as you said, uh, many, many, many campaigns to see everything. It uh, we will make the game as doing more than uh, two, three campaigns is rewarding, and there is always new. Uh, stuff to try to see, but uh, the true ending uh, to see all the story from, for instance, uh, will be done in uh, two or three campaigns, two if you play very well. Okay, that's actually there's not the right answer to this because 
probably the, the, the right approach to most players is to make uh, uh, not uh, too long campaigns, but there will always be people who, want, who will want more. So just giving new content is okay in this, in this case. Yeah. Okay, uh, next question. What are your estimates on overall fitliness? Like how many parts or resources, etc., do you have to track in a single session? Like in certain games uh, we know and we all played, I think, uh, there can be a lot of bookkeeping and writing things down, keeping track of. So how does it look like in Sanko Kushin? Or move tokens, move tokens. Yeah, or move tokens. <laughs> oh. uh, this is a, an important and very interesting question. I, I say uh, in this case, it's very hard to answer without making any comparison. Uh, we'd say that uh, it's uh, slightly more than Kingdom Death Monster, but uh, far less than Gloomhaven, uh, if it uh, does make sense. That definitely makes sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, in, for instance, in the combat, you have many variables than Kingdom Death. The psychology system, of course, needs uh, another deck to manage, uh, for instance. And tokens as well. And tokens as well, of course. Um, about bookkeeping, well, in combat, almost zero. For instance, uh, you will not uh, score in, on your uh, character sheet uh, during the, uh, the combat, during the, the, the encounter. It may happen that you have to record a new skill acquired during the encounter, but, but that's all. You don't have to manage uh, with pen and paper uh, your um, stats, for instance. So uh, encounters are mm, very straightforward that, uh, that way. Uh, when you go to the city, there is a little more bookkeeping, of course, but uh, in that case, I, I'd say no more than, uh, than Kingdom Death. Just uh, a little more components uh, than Kingdom Death because of the, uh, the bosses are uh, more layers than uh, Kingdom Death uh, bosses, That's, uh, that must be said. Yes. Oh, oh, okay, I have to ask this. Uh, uh, so a monster is three decks? Uh, yeah, then, uh, then depending on the enemy, because uh, you have, for certain, the encounter deck, which is uh, the artificial intelligence deck. Then the psychology deck, uh, which uh, may differ from uh, boss to boss, but generally there is always a psychology deck. Then you have the Vounds uh, deck, because each uh, boss has specific Vounds that happen when you do enough damage, and they vary according to the, uh, uh, the squares you attack the boss uh, uh, from. Oh, that's cool. It depends uh, from the size of each boss. For instance, uh, Endless Rain, has only one bound, uh, only one bound zone, while Biako uh, uh, has two because it's uh, bigger, simply. And uh, the effects of these bounds uh, um, change a lot according to where you, uh, where you strike. Even uh, for the loots, for instance, uh, if you attack Biako uh, on the back, you will loot differently than attacking him from the front. So if you want a certain uh, gears, uh, you have to aim uh, from the back, for, 
is just a, just a tail, for example. Yeah. Okay. And uh, so, uh, how long will be a session and a complete playthrough? Well, uh, talking about a session, I believe then uh, an hour and a half should be <laughs> should be done. I think. So. I was thinking about the playtest we already had, and we stayed in the one hour and a half mark time, actually. And regarding the, the, the full playthrough, maybe 20 fights. Okay. Maybe. Yes. Yes. Yeah, we are aiming... Uh, <laughs> this, we are... Still tuning this uh, this part, uh, as you can uh, can see from uh, from uh, the tone of our voice. We our hope is to keep the campaign long about uh, about 20, 25. Yeah, another thing uh, that is uh, interesting uh, to say about this uh, is that uh, yeah, generally we play for one hour and a half, uh, two hours actually. Yes, sometimes from one hour and a half uh, or two hours, but uh, it's very depending on. Uh, the gaming group uh, rhythm and choices. Um, it, there is not uh, a fixed uh, settlement hunt showdown system like in Kingdom of Monster. You choose what to do. Uh, for instance, you may spend uh, several weeks, uh, weeks aren't the uh, years uh, to speak uh, Kingdom of Monster language. Uh, you can uh, spend several weeks uh, crafting and speaking with uh, social bond NPCs. Uh, or you can fight every week. This, of course, has a different impact on uh, the uh, how much time a single uh, session takes. Great. Um, I think you mentioned before that it's possible to play through an entire campaign without fighting even once. Like, is that something uh, which is actually like viable playthrough, or is it just like something you can do? Yeah, you will lose, of course. <laughs> oh, come on. I've won video games with a full pacifist run. It's my favorite way to play. Zero on the kill count. Thank you. Sankokushin Undertale. <laughs> oh, well, uh, but actually, we didn't say you can't run an entire campaign without fighting. We say that we can do a, a full campaign without killing, which is different. The encounter will be there always. The encounters not end necessarily with the total death of the party or the boss. As we said previously, during uh, the, the encounter, the boss may go away. You, you can decide to go away as well. You can try to uh, boost your psychology and try to talk with, uh, with the people, uh, um, the, the boss, the human, the, the animal, I don't know, the, <laughs> who we will find in front of you. And... Uh, uh, people can retreat after you spoke with them or uh, they can decide to um, to leave at once it doesn't end with uh, a single uh, uh, a fight with a killing so you the player are able to decide to finish an opponent or not of course your decision will have a consequence on the on the subsequent uh, session of the game that means uh, that for instance uh, if you go to kill a boss uh, which can be a playable uh, character in the future whenever you kill him uh, or her it, it depends you can't use it uh, later of course 
Okay, that dissipates a few doubts. Yes. <laughs> okay, uh, now saving the best for last, at least for me, because uh, <laughs> actually this was a simple question, but uh, it uh, since we began talking, it became more articulated, because uh, actually we we know that uh, we know for sure that people uh, can get extra dead in the game because there are at least a couple cards which say you die. And uh, there are uh, uh, enemies which can become playable allies, you said. So uh, this is it. Campaign with custom characters and allies. Uh, we know we can run a, a, a campaign with uh, completely custom characters, because you said so. And uh, we can lose some of the character-to-character -character interaction, I guess, like uh, stuff like Umeka's father. Uh, could not uh, relate to a custom character like they would do with uh, Mecha, but is there something else in store for them to co for to compensate this, or is just the satisfaction of playing your own story within the story? Well, um, here we must uh, um, we must uh, say something. The game is thought uh, to have a, a procedural uh, structure, so um, that uh, it that can be easily repairable many times, uh, always uh, finding uh, new uh, things uh, that uh, didn't happen in the previous campaigns. So, uh, the main characters, even if they have their own strong personality and they are linked to, the other, to other characters in the story, they are not the main center of the game. Um, so, the difference, the actual gameplay difference between a custom character and an in-game character, speaking of the, for instance, the four stunting heroes, is not that much. We are preparing, we are preparing the dedicated quests for custom characters that will be randomly chosen based on the personality traits chosen uh, uh, during the creation. So even if you play a custom character, you can, uh, you can have uh, um, a similar, not the same of course, but a similar uh, depth in the story, in the gameplay of the main character. We are trying to uh, keep them uh, um, at, the same, at the same level. Of course, uh, main characters uh, will have a different weight, and, uh, uh, but we don't think uh, mm, Playing custom characters will be just uh, uh, feeling uh, will not just uh, feel empty compared to the uh, the main characters. Exactly because main characters are not uh, too much uh, um, the center of the story. The center of the story are the bosses and the social bonds mainly. Then there come the main characters. Uh, this to grant a strong playability of the whole uh, of the whole game which wouldn't be possible if the main characters are uh, strictly bound to every campaign uh, event. Yeah, th that's a good call, actually. Yeah, yeah, it's exciting to me as well, because everybody knows that the best characters in any series are always the antagonists. <laughs> yes. We agree. <laughs> or, or the cats. Biako is both. Yeah, so he's a cat has an antagonist. It's a cat-tagonist. The, the, the cat is always an antagonist. They have their own agenda. 
<laughs> I seriously need to talk with my pirate kitty. Okay, so are we satisfied? Yes! Yay! More, more than that, positively excited. There's been some really, like, wonderful and engaging, um, and I... The, the, I'm excited about this, like I have always have been, but I'm more excited about this on, on a new level because some of the stuff you've talked about reminded me of Sleeping Gods, which uh, is like my current darling, and I think um, it's going to be a critical darling for the rest of this year. Uh, and just just to hit, you know, touch on that and say I get the same feeling when you're talking about this as I do when I sit down before playing Sleeping Gods. I just I can't speak more highly than that right now. So, so let's sorry pushing out this game. <laughs> okay, but it was a pleasure for us uh, as well. Of course, uh, we have to apologize for uh, for our strong accent. Then. Yes, <laughs> we all have to do that, except then. Not not as bad as. <laughs> hey, what are you talking about, mate? I got a terrible accent, also. Yeah, got but that's an accent that's legitimate for speaking English. Oh, known. <laughs> Uh, yeah, admittedly. Well, I come from a country filled with awful accents, so uh, but let's not get started on that. And that's all we have time for in this episode. You can catch us over at www.patreon.com forward slash the last standee or as the last standee on Twitter. You can catch Access Monday Games on Facebook or at their website, and they will let us all know when they're ready to just send out this wonderful creation to Kickstarter and we can all just jump up in the air like Fry waving our cash around and shout take my money <laughs> and um, so this is a goodbye from Alexis who is not here Alessio yeah goodbye Audrey bye bye David bye Francesco bye Enrica thank you so much have a good day <laughs> thank you myself Bye. And remember that the today the second E in standee is for endless rain. <laughs> <laughs>